What happens when water is exposed to EMF or wireless radiation? Here's something you may not know. Water is conscious and it responds vibrationally to whatever it is exposed to. At Omnia we've done an experiment where we froze and photographed three samples of water. Water which was not exposed to EMF radiation, the baseline, looked like this. Water which was exposed to an EMF field, a 5G radiation field in fact, looked like this. And water which was exposed to EMF that is balanced by the Omnia radiation balancer looked like this. See the difference? Remember, your body is 70% water. And here's a special offer for the Journey to Truth crowd. Just enter the word TRUTH in caps at the checkout for your 10% discount. Welcome back to the show, guys. Uh, just a quick reminder, tickets are still available for our conference in May in Grafton, Illinois, May 22nd through the 25th, journeytotruthcon.com. Tickets are available there. Live stream tickets are available for $99 if you can't make it in person. And if you are looking to room with somebody, you can join the Telegram chat. That is, The link is on the website, and you might find somebody on the Telegram chat who is also looking for a roommate because the on-site lodging is sold out. There is camping available on-site, as you know, along with nearby hotels and Airbnbs. So there's plenty of places to stay if you still want to come, but the lodge itself is sold out. So take advantage of that and utilize the Telegram chat if you have to. Uh, just a reminder to Hopewell Farm. CBD promo code is back to journey to truth 10 and that gets you 10% off all of their products, which are great. I highly recommend uh, if you're a CBD user and you're looking to try a new one, uh, I recommend it. I've used it a lot and it's a great product and Aaron can vouch yeah. for that. Yes. Too. It's the best CBD that I've ever used. Um, okay. So today we are joined by Elisa E. She is the author of life beyond MK ultra survivor of the MK ultra programming. And she has some incredible information on the mind control and what's actually happening right now because you know as what started off as targeted individuals you know they're targeting the masses now and this is so much more it's be turned into a global a global event i guess you could say and we'd just like to get elisa's opinion on what she believes is going on in her experiences and these programs and with the mind control and the sra so welcome to the show thank you aaron tyler i appreciate it appreciate you having me on Yes. Yeah, so maybe yeah. we can get a little background of, you know, what, what your life has looked like. I know you've spent some time in the military and you have um, like missing time and, and you have memories of this uh, satanic ritual abuse and the MK Ultra programming and just what that journey has looked like for you and just kind of bring us up to speed, our audience who might not know who you are. Okay. Um, well, it's it, the book is, uh, I just want to say this, the book is Our Life Beyond MK Ultra Then and Now. I had published two books, Our Life Beyond MKUltra, um, one and two, and I put them together into the book. And so I slightly changed the title a little bit so that it says then and now, and that's uh, through a publisher this time. Um, I wasn't actually in the military 
I was involved with the military through mind control. So um, it started extremely young, uh, I believe through family member, my father, um, started in pre-verbal infancy. Um, I have relived that memory. Um, And then it morphed into, even at three years old, I was involved with some um, uh, trauma and torture through uh, the Navy. Um, 1965. Um, and then it just kind of continued on from there, a combination of my family, uh, which in my view are victims first. And, you know, perpetration came out of that kind of the same thing with me. Um, and uh, I wound up on, you know, I have memories of winding up on military bases. I know where they are, uh, being tortured and programmed, uh, creating splits. Um, I don't know how much your audience knows about uh, dissociative identity disorder, or that's the current name. I prefer multiple personality disorder. It's an intentional design um, to create amnesic walls within the mind so that you can have literally have different full on different personalities. And um, when those personalities are pulled up through programming by handlers and controllers, um, you're sent out to do work, whether that's, uh, espionage, sexual activity, um, murder, um, uh, being a, basically a courier pigeon, um, taking information, getting information. They'll often create a personality that's got a photographic memory and you can come back and recite word for word. Um, and you know, people would probably say, well, what's the need for that? Why not just send an agent? Um, the, the thing about DID is that when you are in one personality, I mean, somebody could torture you for information from another personality and they'll never get it um, until you are switched to the other personality by your handlers. Um, it, it's, it's a security mechanism. Plus, you know, I was, you know, in my teens, early 20s, a little Florida girl, nice long blonde hair, attractive. You get in places that an agent may not be able to get in. Um, and I, I do have memories of that where they just didn't suspect anything. Um, so I was programmed and utilized throughout youth and uh, my teens. Um, in my late teens, it became more violent, my, my objectives, my tasks. Um, but mainly I was programmed uh, for sex and, and murder executions. Um, uh, used as a honeypot. Sometimes somebody else did the killing. Sometimes one of my alters did. Um, and this went on well into my 40s. I started waking up probably 15 years before I could find anyone to help me understand what was happening to me. I had no context for the words like mind control or MKUltra. I knew nothing about that. And like at 18, I was on a military base and I come to and I'm on a table and there's electrocuting me and there's soldiers there and there's doctors there. And, and, you know, like my mind, I had no idea. I couldn't, I couldn't even comprehend what was happening. Um, And I worded it as, you know, they're putting things in my mind and they're taking things out. I mean, I didn't understand mind control. I couldn't understand why they had me there. I thought I was going to die there, but I knew they weren't trying to kill me. They were just, but if I died, it was no big deal. That's how it felt. Right. Um, So you don't really have, or in the old days, we didn't have the context. It wasn't public information um, as much as it is now. You know, pretty much anybody 
can go online and find out what MKUltra was all about. And we're still using that term, MKUltra, um, but it's been changed. Um, the programs have been, the names have been changed. They've been uh, closed down in one area and sent over to another area. And a lot of them are being run basically corporately where, I mean, the military and intelligence is corporate. I mean, they're, right. they're totally in bed with corporate. So it is still going on, but you're not going to hear of it as MKUltra, although we all are using that term so that we know what we're talking about. But it's right. long ago the name was changed. Yeah, I mean, there yeah. definitely seems to be military contractors involved and intelligence agencies. Exactly. This is something we talk about a lot, and our audience does have an understanding of the dissociative identity disorder and the splits and the alters, something we talk about a lot. And it's actually something I'd like to dive a little deeper in. Um, for one, the alters, how they trigger the alters. I know they create the amnesic barrier and then they like somehow program you with trigger words. And you mentioned one time that it's a series of triggers because you can accidentally be triggered by okay. one word. So they don't want that because they don't have control of you. So they have a series of triggers. Can you explain that a little more in depth, please? So basically what they do is they'll, you'll go through a major torture trauma session. Um, it can involve a variety of things, electricity, uh, cattle prods were used on me, as well as electrodes at times. So there's machinery. I want to kind of clear, let me, let me start here. Let me clarify. Mind control, as we understood MKUltra, is, is drugs, hypnosis, machinery. It's, a, it's a, literally an esoteric science. I mean, it's hardcore science. Um, when we get into targeting, um, they're still using things, but it's it's done. It's not done necessarily the same way. So an, an old MKUltra like me can be targeted in the future, which I am I'm targeted as well now. But you could start targeting a person um, at any age remotely, anywhere, anytime. Okay, they they can remotely uh, read the brain waves, get into the neural system. Um, and once they've got that all mapped out, they can start targeting you in whatever way, shape or form they wish. So they really are or can be two very different things because um, right. I see a lot of things getting blended together. And then there's conditioning. OK, like what's happening globally is conditioning. We haven't hit total mind control. That is the ultimate goal for the global masses. But we're not there yet. So in other words, under total mind control, you don't have a choice. Once that is successful, there's no choice, okay? It has to start bleeding through to the front personality or the what we call the executive personality, the, the real person in there for you to be able to start to understand and maybe take action. So, but in targeting, a lot of targeted people know they're being targeted, right? Not all of them, okay? Like B2K, um, everybody thinks, oh, you're going to hear somebody talking to you. That is a version of it. But guess what? V2K also makes your thoughts seem like your own when it's somebody else's. Yes. So it's a very, uh, it's it's starting to move into the same thing, but they are different things. Conditioning is what's happening globally, right. meaning um, bringing on the fear, porn, you know, just beating people down over and over and over for months, years, and so forth. And it conditions a person into victimhood. Okay, you can be conditioned into victimhood without actual MKUltra type mind control. Um, and that's where we're at now. And I want to say that because um, people need to understand they have a choice. They have a choice still. 
that's not going to last forever, um, at least for a segment of the population. So I, I recommend, because I get a lot of people that come to me, and there are quite a few MKUltra, actual MKUltra victims, but I've also had a lot of women who are have been conditioned through some form of trauma into victimhood. And as soon as they hear an MKUltra story, they start to kind of resonate with it. And it makes them think, maybe I'm MKUltra. And it's, it's a growing number. And I have others who work with people who are seeing this happening when they're not actually MKUltra. So it's really important. There's tons of information online for a person to go in. Um, I recommend Walter Bowert's book, Operation Mind Control, the mm-hmm. researcher's edition, for anyone who thinks they might be MKUltra. Because when you get through that, He's, he's factual. When you get through that, you'll have a better sense that you are or you aren't. So understand that all of us have had traumas and victimhood can be con- created out of that through conditioning. Um, right. I'm sorry, what was the original question? I, I, I wanted to, I mean, you're right. Absolutely. And, you know, like they don't need to target an individual because of the infrastructure they have set up that's targeting everybody. But it doesn't mean that you were like a a targeted asset. So that's a good right. point to make and a good point to bring up. But the question was as far as um, triggering you into oh, altars and the thanks. series of triggers. Yeah. So what they'll do in a torture session is they'll create a bunch of splits. You'll keep splitting off. And it's it's a primal reaction. It's not really a choice. It's like if you're under enough pain and suffering, um, you'll either die, which means you give up, or you'll split. It's it's and and both things can happen and do happen. Um, so then they've got what they call basically clean slates. They haven't programmed anything, but you've got these amnesic walls and several. And let's say, and I know it sounds crazy, but true. Let's say they create 10 splits in a night. They may only use one or two of them. Okay. You know, one of the, the ones that feel stronger or whatever, you know, they choose. And then later they'll program it through a series of, you know, I've never was a programmer, but a series of events, which can involve, um, more trauma, um, using visual display, using flashing lights, drugs, hypnosis. Um, and, and then you have this alternate personality who can be called up through a series of triggers. Um, it can be words, touch. Um, it can be facial recognition. Like you might be programmed to a very particular person that you recognize the face and then they give you a series of triggers. Um, and the reason, like you were saying, Tyler, you can't have just one trigger. You're out in public and somebody says the wrong word, which I've seen on a video uh, with a, um, a, a public kind of a journalist newscaster. And right before my eyes, interestingly enough, they were using they were talking about a song that I was actually programmed with. And he just went into trance staring at the camera. I mean, complete tranced out. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there was too much said or something happened and and his programming got kicked off to go into trance. Um, so, yeah, so it and, and it can be huge series. I mean, there can be codes that are a mile long. Um, it's, it's really a variety. I shared what I shared in the book were some more superficial, you know, series of codes, but they can have very long numbers um, that no one would ever figure out. Um, with work, with numbers and, and letters and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then when they do that, you that altar comes up and the, the other altars are gone, man, they're down. And so you're in this personality and they can make 
pretty much anybody do anything. This right. is a very sophisticated, complicated science. Yeah, and it's been explained, like you said earlier, uh, the reason they um, have that in place is so it's for plausible deniability. So if you are questioned, if you're sent on an assignment and, and you are questioned, you don't remember. And so they're basically engineering sociopaths because that's what a sociopath is. They don't remember yeah. something they told you yesterday because that was an alter. And or the risk of you coming forward because you don't even have that memory at all. Like you don't even know you did it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. It's like they don't even have to like threaten you to stay silent or like you don't even know you did it. <laughs> you don't even exactly. know the memory. Exactly. And unless your program, if that's if your programming's in full, mm -hmm. full form. If it's not, then you start to think, see things like what happened many years ago with Sirhan Sirhan and um, Chapman. And when they were taken in, they started to drop hints that something was going on. Um, or they began to go into certain um, altars while they were incarcerated. Um, and they provided tons of information, actually. They pretty much said what, what had happened. Um, but nobody, you know, they were, they were so handled that it never got out back then. Now, it, you know, we hear about those things. But so the, the human spirit, to me, the human spirit is a pesky problem for them. It always has been, which is why we're at where we're at now. Um, I don't know if you know about, uh, you know, um, uh, Rudolf Steiner. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, he said this is where they're going to come in to create a V that will remove the human spirit so that we have no inclination to move in that direction. And here, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> right. I mean, and just start, but... This to me is the next level of that. Like they've been doing V's all along, but this is the next level. This one's serious. This one is more serious because it is involving um, the esoteric a lot more than just the science. There's right. the science, but the esoteric, there's actually sentience in, in these products and going into the body. And nanotechnology. And, and you know, it's, it's an agenda to remove the spirit and human soul. And steer people away from that, like you said. And the the scary thing is, is that people are doing their dirty work for them. People are signing up for it. Like it's it's that social conditioning. Uh, but I want to go back to the handler aspect of this. And this is something really important because a lot of people who listen to this channel might be targeted, or you know, a lot of us experience this stuff. And it's really important to learn how to recognize who is a handler in your life. And what that would look like, what that scenario would look like, and what they're there to do. And uh, I'll let you answer that, and then we'll expand on that. Well, you know, there can be a formal handler, which is someone that's, you know, in the know, assigned to you. Um, like I had, I had physical handlers. I'm going to bring in another aspect, which is um, um, entities as handlers. Um, a lot of what happens, and this is just a quick, I'll just do this really quick, but what happens when you're under extreme torture and stress and trauma, um, your subtle bodies outside the physical body start to have holes and openings in them. And they understand this like nobody else. Um, and they'll attach, literally attach entities, uh, to the person. Um, you can have full on possession, um, which, 
I know has happened in mind control. Usually that's when you're involved in a cult and SRA, um, where when a person switches, you're looking at a demonic being. The room will change, the the energy in the room, your hair will raise up. Um, they're, they're, they will change. Um, I've even seen facial changes, eye color changes for myself, uh, slight facial changes uh, in one instance when I was in deep deprogramming. Um, so I need to, I need to make that clear because that does, is very pertinent to what's taking place today in the yeah. mass population. Yeah. You said there is no programming without entities. No, and I agree the with first, they're the first line of handler. You know, you want to add a physical handler. Great. I've been out on task. I have memories where I switch myself. In other words, I'm switching altars with nobody else there. Mm-hmm. And it took me years to understand that this was the entities and possibly the remote tech, which the entities also uh, ride those frequencies. So Right. They ride the tech. And I'd like to get into that aspect of it a little deeper, but I want to uh, focus on the handlers, like the physical handlers, like the people in our lives and and the possibility that a handler might not even know that they're a handler. Oh, yeah. and, and that's the scariest thing because, again, plausible deniability, and that's the best way to have the most effective handler. Because if you don't know what you're doing, like there's no way you'll ever be accused of it. Even if you are accused of it, be like, no way, I'm not his handler or her handler. Like I'm just in love with this person. You think like you guys were put in each other's paths for a reason. Yeah. And that, that happened quite a bit. And of course, I didn't really notice that until I was in deep, deep programming, that there were people in my sphere that were inadvertently um, participating. They had no idea. They didn't even know about my mind control, um, but they had behaviors that either reinforced what was going on or supplied me with something um, that was like, what? You know, you're so there's a sawed off shotgun in your house. I mean, what's going on and why am I staying here? You know, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, a lot of it. And, and, you know, people will say, well, how does that person wind up that unwitting person wind up in that situation? Well, um, again, it in part goes back to entity influence that's influencing all of us all the time. Um, that's a part of what's influencing. There's a good side to that too, that is assisting us all the time, but it's real, it's there. And then there's just the general conditioning of society, which to me, you know, the, all the humans that are perpetrating this are just the minions in my mind. Um, There's forces behind this that have been around extremely long time. And um, so, so you can, you can have a person who is completely unwitting, just being influenced, or, and in some cases, I, um, in early deprogramming, when I was really trying to get out, they would literally send someone in, like to the place I worked. I worked in an um, art gallery for a while. And I remember this couple coming in one time, and I watched that her just switch personalities, walk up to the counter and deliver the message. And the guy, husband, so-called husband, I don't know if he was her handler, she, he uh, reinforced that and they turned around and left. I mean, my, my jaw was hanging open because I didn't understand any of this at the time. Um, so I believe it's a combination also involving remote technologies. Um, yeah. And I know I know that sounds like science fiction, but um, if, Not people on this channel. Really, <laughs> if people really understood I mean, really understood where these technologies were at. Um, I think people would be jumping out of buildings at this point. I mean, I don't think it's really, it hasn't sunk in. We're getting information, 
but when it really sinks in what's going on um, and the level of, of a- accessing that they have. And again, the general populace is not under total mind control, but um, if, if they don't step up and, and learn what's going on, um, that is the ultimate agenda to have literally a global population, an environment, an atmosphere where everything is controlled. Right. And yeah, that they rely on that complacency in our obedience. But uh, I want to talk about this handler that was sent to you right on the precipice of you getting out or your awakening. And that's a really interesting concept. So like when somebody finally starts doing the work and they're about to make a breakthrough, all of a sudden somebody comes into your life and almost puts a halt to that. And what did that look like? Um, they sent several. Um, I Fortunately, I was awake enough to to see it in other words i early on i was super desperate i mean i i there's nowhere to go when i was doing this there was nowhere to go there was no safe place the the two men that wound up helping me um ex lds members um from salt lake um i was programmed to take out one of them's family uh to bring him down because he was he was had been a thorn in the side of not only the church but um I believe the administrations as well. He was, he was really talking, speaking out. He had been excommunicated by them. Um, so, so a variety would come. Um, and what I, how I described it was whatever it is you want the most that you may not even be aware of, that's what they'll send. Um, in other words, they know what you, what will reach down inside you, you know, um, for me, they they first started with uh, males that were um, also MK Ultra, um, and they were the saviors. You know, they wanted to help me. They wanted to uh, figure it all out, and it kind of worked in reverse. With one of them, I don't know that he ever woke up, um, and I bailed pretty quick because there was some crazy stuff going on. Um, we were both switching at night, and I was staying at his place. Um, but then the next one, when I got back to the Taos area. Um, it kind of worked in reverse because I started telling him what had happened to me. I started talking about military and abductions and seeing these crazy beings and um, being tortured and all this. And um, I'll never forget. Uh, I stayed at his place. We weren't sleeping together. I never slept with him. Um, and he, we got up in the morning after talking to him about all that. And I watched this, you know, six foot three ex-ranger, I mean, tough, you know, around the block guy, literally break down in total five-year-old fear in his kitchen because what I had shared resonated with him, but he hadn't, he hadn't been able to, to, to put it together. Mm-hmm. So that's super common where they'll send another victim in or as a handler um, or a very witting handler. Um, and after several of the guys coming and I just didn't, I knew what was going on by then. Uh, they started sending in more like father figure. Um, cause I, you know, didn't have a real good father and I didn't go for it. Um, I was awake enough. Um, but I would engage with them because I was looking for information and I knew these guys had it. Um, and it, it's, it's fascinating to have two of you sitting there and he, he was this, you know, this one guy that I was talking about that broke down in his, his kitchen. Um, he was cautious. I was cautious. But the the draw for us to be together was overwhelming. Um, I mean, almost salivatory. Seriously, like right. you're fighting every everything in you 
because you're being pulled together, um, pushed together by each handlers that were handling us. So it was it was a real challenge uh, to not give in to these situations. And I know that if I had, it would have just been reprogramming and I'd be right back out there. Yeah, um, I've, I've been in that situation before and uh, I understand that um, all too well. And this oh, is why I, I this is why I wanted to talk about this because it's not just me. It's not just you. This is happening to like if you don't have an awareness of this, you're you have no idea that you're being controlled or steered in a certain direction in life or steered away from something. Uh, so like having this awareness is key. We always say that. And so I guess I'd like to get into like, does this ever do they ever stop using someone? Do they ever stop sending handlers? Like, do you have a retirement point? Or is this like just they use you for life? There's no retirement. Um, as far as they're concerned, they own me lock, stock and barrel. They put money into me. They put training in. Um, so from their perspective, they own me. From my perspective, it took me a few years to realize I needed to extricate my soul and my spirit from them. That, I mean, they're always going to outgun me, right? I mean, they're going to have way more resources than me. On a physical material level, that's not going to happen. But I began to extract myself and pull my soul forces back to me. Um, and this is really important. Um, uh, so there's no retirement. They did stop sending people in, but I started experiencing a lot of targeting. So here's how I see it. This is my version of it. You're, let's say you're high level MKUltra. And all I mean by that is the people that have access to you are high level. So you start out at high level programming starts to break down. They try to reprogram you, which they did with me and it in included a couple extra decades uh, things started breaking down early for me. And I, I, I believe that's associated with, again, my soul and spirit and that they were sending me out to kill people. And that didn't work. Um, something in me just was dissolving. Um, so, so they start reprogramming. But at some point, at least so far in the technologies from my, my version and, and the decades before and after me, um, the spirit always seems to come through at some point they know this and they plan for it. Um, so, <clears throat> so at some point they really can't reprogram you. Um, if you've already spoken out too much, they really can't take you out. I mean, that's kind of a problem. And I think they've learned that, well, now she's kind of expendable. Let's just sell her off to somebody else at a lower level. And I think this can happen at several points that it can keep dropping down. Like I knew a, a victim um, who wound up being sold off to somebody and she was hooked on drugs and she was prostituted out, you know, um, thank God I didn't have to go that route. So what I've noticed over the last 10 years is um, some very interesting targeting as if I'm being um, experimented on. And, you know, if, if they do something that kills me, it's really not a big deal anymore to them. So, so that's my way of seeing it. Um, if somebody, if somebody um, has certain behaviors and deprogramming in, in public, um, they can just take them out. I mean, it's really easy to make it look like it's natural causes or an accident or, or mm. what have you. Now this comes to, um, this comes to, I don't know why um, I have, had several attempts 
early on in early deprogramming, um, very clear that this the, this couple was sent to me um, while I was hiking. Um, they were actually casing me down on the road before I, I went up the trail. But I went up. I used to do this here in the mountains in early deprogram. I had so much rage and anger. Um, I would jog up the trails up the mountain. And I got to this place on the creek and was just standing there, just eyes closed. The sun was shining. And I understood, not a voice, but I understood, get out now. And I just didn't even hesitate. I turned and started running down the trail. And I passed this couple. And this was early deprogramming. And I figure uh, there was no doubt, um, if you saw these two, that they were special ops. And um, and I knew it. You know, the hair went up on the back of my neck as I passed them. Um, and I'm sure at that point I had enough. I was still losing some time. And that they were told <clears throat> to make it look like an accident. And that if she's aware, don't look at her because she has enough programming that could interfere with that, you know, that's still in place. And I got really clear. It was a very profound experience. It's after I had come back from Salt Lake and um, discovered all of the stuff that was going on with these two guys that I talked to. Um, and it changed everything for me there. It became, there's no doubt anymore. It's, it's very real. Um, and, and I believe in that example, as well as one that took place just over a year ago, surprised me. Um, a same, same thing. It was two guys that were sent. Um, and I was, uh, I was car camping and, um, I was awakened literally. I didn't know it at the time. I had no fear, but I was to get out of the Canyon. I was in my car and I was to drive out of this Canyon because there's only one way in and one way out. And I couldn't understand why I was moving so fast. I had no fear. It was like, what's, what's going on? You know, get, get, go, 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 go. And when I got to the opening of the Canyon, the guys pulled up in the vehicle and I kid you not. Um, I don't know why, you know, other than I'm, I've got stuff to do. There's something I need to do, but I looked at this vehicle and both of them locked eyes with me and I knew who they were and what they were here to do. And I watched them. I kid you not go into trance sitting in the car, staring at me. Like backfired. Yeah. It's like something came in and shut them down. And they just, I mean, just totally staring at me. And I, this is all in a matter of seconds and it's a really rough road. And I had to pull out super slow in front of them and take off down the road. And I'm looking in the rear view going, what is going on? And they're just sitting there. Wow. And then I get about 300 yards ahead and they, they start up and I'm on a remote area, but it's a, you can move really fast. And I knew I was okay. I was going to make it to town. And, um, I will, I won't go into what happened that evening, um, from the good side <laughs> that let me know, uh, I'll get choked up here. <sighs> let you know that there's hope that there's a way out. Something came into the place I was staying a presence and, um, it was massive and let me know in that moment that that's what stopped what happened out there on that, that road. And um, that was a magnificent thing for me because I had had a lifetime of, of interacting with the dark side. And I, I hadn't been able to notice or see that the light side was working for me. And with that, I began to understand a series of events, three events that took place over several decades 
that there were other episodes where something intervened. Mm -hmm. um, and I wasn't under, I was so far under mind control that I couldn't understand what I was witnessing at that time. But this event was very, very clear. Um, so they stopped sending in that way. I think these guys actually, I'm not even sure they were there to kill me. I think there's something that took place the next day that I didn't know was going to happen. And I think they were there to just really fuck me up. Um, so that when that event took place, I would be completely incapacitated and unable to interact with it. Um, mm. so that didn't become clear until 24 hours later. Um, but I got the impression um, they weren't they weren't special ops. They were targeted. They were dark sociopaths who had, you know, look at it this way. Like you were talking about, you got sociopaths, psychopaths wandering around out there. You got these remote technologies and these guys can identify who's a piece of shit. <laughs> okay. Right, right. And so they become targeted individuals that work for them that don't even know they're working for them. Right. So that's, they can send any creep asshole out there that's to, what, to mess that's with you. Yeah, no, go ahead. That's it's what true. I think. Um, this is, I'm writing a book right now also, and I, I talk about this a little bit, but the, I call them low level agents. Like they don't like, <clears throat> they might even be working for a company like a entertainment company or whatever it is that actually has ties with the CIA, let's just say. And so just by having that connection, they're working for the company. They have no idea that they're an asset for the CIA. I call them a low level agent, but they were steered or manipulated into that position. Like nothing's by chance. If they want to uh, steer you in the direction they can. So it's, that's the scariest thing. Whenever um, like we had some, we had a conference last year and some quote infiltrators, people thought they were feds or whatever. It wasn't provable, but inside I know like they're, these are like low level agents. They don't even know what they're mm. doing, what I they're think, sent to do. I think they were for sure. And there's no way to prove that. And that's the whole trick of it. That's the, that's the way that's their plausible deniability. You can see somebody and know who they are, but you can't prove it. And it's, you know, drives you insane, but it's not our place to give all of our energy to that. Uh, just... And, and the, the remote technologies make that possible for anyone. I mean, yeah. you know, someone like me and, and my predecessors and even some people that came after me, I mean, they spent tremendous energy, time and money on us. Whereas remote technologies, inexpensive, you don't need to take them to a facility. You don't need to, you know, everything's done across the airwaves through, through frequency. I mean, it's it's scary to think about the numbers they can bring up mm -hmm. at this point, you know, of influenced people. Right. Uh, so Until you vibrate high enough that they can't connect to you anymore. You know, like it's like that's the way out, in my opinion, is growing spiritually and, and vibrating high enough that it's like i don't know it, it that just seems to be the only way out you know and, and like if they and, want to target then, you at a certain level they will do whatever they want to do otherwise until you rise and, out and educating yourselves i mean mm -hmm. really getting in there and looking you know i have a lot of friends that i mean they've known me for decades and they still don't understand what's going on they really don't you know and they don't right. want to know because it's too scary or but you need right. to know that you need to know that they're coming in the astral dream time. I mean, there's patents. I, I would love to read like pages of patents. They're coming into dream time. It's not even your dream. People don't know that. 
So you get up the next day, you're influenced by this lucid dream you just had, and you're taking action. It's not you, you know? And, and so without understanding how this stuff works and how many patents, I mean, it's hundreds of patents to target and mind control um, without knowing that, the, like you're saying, this, not only that it's going on, because I have friends that know it's going on. They know I was a victim. They know, you know, one or two little anecdotes and that's about it. It's like, no, I mean, this is, this is crazy stuff. You know, and if you don't know scale of it. Yeah. Yeah. People, that's why they think it's crazy. They can't comprehend the capabilities that they have and the the lengths they'll go to. They don't, they can't, it's hard for an empath, a normal human soul to understand that somebody has that within them to go that far, take things that far. Um, and why, and to what end, like why? So that's why people just check out like, no, that's no one would ever do that. You're crazy and you need some meds. And it goes against the whole fake reality we're sold that we live in. Like we're sold one version of reality that's completely fake. And then this exposes the real reality. And a lot of people have this cognitive dis like they don't want to believe everything we're told and shown is fake, is completely fake. And there's all this real stuff going on behind the scenes that's really and, dark. And and a part of that is, and I don't mean this to judge harshly, but is if you know the truth, you have a responsibility. Yes. Right. And one of the things I talk about in my book, when does a victim become a perpetrator? When does someone being victimized move into complicity? Um, when you have the information, you become complicit if you're not doing anything, if you're not, you know. Um, and, and it's a really fine line. I mean, it's a scary fine line because the society has been conditioned to believe there's us and them. No, no. How did we get here? We got here because we're not paying attention because we've been conditioned to not pay attention. We don't take responsibility. We leave it to someone else, Mm -hmm. you know, and the powers that be know how well that works and where that will lead. So I think it, it, it hits a primal place in people. First of all, that these horrific things, like you say, could be being done by humans. Well, it's not being being done by humans. The humans are the minions. Okay. So we're talking pure on evil. Um, and I've seen it face to face. I've actually encountered numerous times, the actual being not in a human in the actual being. Yeah. So um, they're very real. They are individuals. They have personalities. They have characteristics and abilities that are very varied. This is not one thing. Um, and they're numerous. Um, so, and that plays that plays a role in this. And I I can't talk about this without, you know, going to that part. Right. Um, and so you're hitting the primal that that exists. And then you're telling the person you're responsible in some way, shape, or form, either by what you do or what you don't do. Mm. And that is just more than um, the general populace can take that doesn't know anything about this and has let them take care of everything mm. and you know, will have a good old time. Because sovereignty and responsibility go hand in hand. So Absolutely. People want well, sovereignty, but they don't want responsibility. So they give their sovereignty away to wow. let someone else Mm-hmm. Take care of it. And, that's and a lot of people don't even know what sovereign they don't know don't even understand don't even understand that concept at all right and that like you said aaron that is what saves you 
is mm-hmm. moving into sovereignty. Not an easy task by any means. Asking yourself every day, who am I? And mm-hmm. never stop asking that question um, because we need to remind ourselves constantly. You know, we're constantly being programmed away from being human. So we need to constantly, like you said in one interview, like we need to work to be human. It's like complete, it, everything's inverted. But I want to I want to uh, g- explore the astral capabilities and what and what they're doing in the astral realm because I've experienced this a lot. Um, I'm, again, I'm writing a chapter about this astral interference in my book, but you uh, mentioned it in the interview, and I haven't really heard anyone bring the astral side into this. We always talk about the you know military contractors and the agencies, but the astral side and the entities. I know we talked about the ent- entities, but like these dreams that they, these false, these screen memories and these dreams that they can create, uh, make you even think that like you're like this person might be your twin flame or soulmate because they're they're giving you these dreams with this individual that completely takes you off path of any mission that you were on. And I mean, that's just one aspect of it, but I've seen these entities, these dream walkers, I've experienced all of it. I want to hear um, what you've experienced and your thoughts on that and how they're pulling this off. Well, it's funny. I was just pulling up this list of patents because there was actually a patent in here. I don't know if I can find it. And I, I'm going to read. I'm going to read. I'm going to talk about that. And I'm going to read some hardcore facts because I think a lot of times what happens with this is um, people tend to think, oh, well, you know, this is kind of abstract thinking and supposition and you're extrapolating. Um, but trying to find this one i should have had it pulled up there's so many um but yeah what you're talking about is extensive now in the population um very extensive i have no idea how much but so what happens is when um have you heard of donald marshall oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know it makes donald sound like he's loopy right he's not loopy Okay, what Donald's talking about is as real as it gets. Okay, and so he's talking about something called an REM clone, mm-hmm. and that's the REM. Uh, what does that stand for again? Do you remember? It's the REM rapid uh, eye movement. Yeah. Rapid eye movement. Thank you. Um, and so there's a point when you're going to sleep, you lay down and you start relaxing, but there's a point when you cross over to REM. And as soon as that happens, apparently what they're doing is pulling the astral body from the individual. Now, you can have an astral experience with them. They can be present in that. But there's also something else occurring, which is somehow, uh, well, I'm just going to come out and say it. There's a, a, another body, a clone body in a facility somewhere, in a location somewhere. And this astral body consciousness can be pulled into this other, um, this other individual. So you're still laying physically laying in bed. Um, We know that the, the, the astral body leaves at night anyway, it's actually designed to leave to rejuvenate us. Actually, we interact, believe it or not, we interact with an angel. And there's a an interaction that takes place. And there's a rejuvenation before you come back and wake up in the morning. Uh, they're interfering with this. Um, they're interfering with our ability to rejuvenate. They're interfering with our ability to um, engage with the higher hierarchies. Um, so they're pulling people and for a variety of reasons and a variety of um, um, 
things that they're having that person do. Some people like Donald Marshall, of course, is going to uh, cloning facilities. It's this bizarre, disgusting, horrific form of entertainment. Um, they can kill your clone. Your astral body can come back to your original body, so on and so forth. But there's another thing happening. Um, and you might want to talk to this person. It's a friend of mine, Ron Allen, um, who has wrote his book, 21st Century MK Ultra Slave, a vintage transhumanist tale. Um, he is aware of what's happening to him. Um, his ability to stop this or halt it. You know, we talk about sovereignty and taking responsibility. But again, I want to go back to MK Ultra slaves don't have a choice at a certain point. Okay. Uh, what they've done to him. Um, they took him for 10 days as soon as he was born. He was in a military hospital. They've done something that is making it almost impossible for him to engage his will to be able to extract himself from this. And so in most cases, you know, in a lot of cases, this has become an issue with a friend of mine, Alana Freeland. We've talked about this a lot, that the new technologies, we're not exactly sure how you get out. Um, the way I got out, the way a lot of people like me did, who can, who can't, what, what technologies, what processes and systems are using on me, on you. Um, I think we're in a new zone right now. We're on the front line of this and there's still a lot of the information and understanding is missing, but this man is, um, pretty much 24 seven every night. Um, he knows when it's happening. He tries to stop it. He tries not to go to sleep, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but they're very successful with him. And there's, uh, it, it, let's think of it as um, kind of a form of virtual porn. Um, he's, he's not a young man. Uh, apparently, they really like him um, and aspects of his body. And there's like all these people come into um, his mind that are taking advantage of this. Um, some of them are remote. Many of them are physically present. They actually come in. He's living in his camper and they come in and are physically present. Um, they come into the, uh, the come into the camper often um, where he's already out far enough, but he knows that they're coming in and then he's gone. Um, I mean, it's absolutely stunning what is happening to this man. And there's a lot more to his story. Uh, things that we don't understand, no matter how much we, we talk about it or, uh, so we're still trying to, to figure out how they're doing this. Uh, what makes it, you know, what makes it so that he's been so, so targeted for this, that literally it's, it's almost impossible for him to get out. Now he was targeted in his youth. He was definitely brought through um, his whole family. Um, he had a brother who, who is no more. Um, and it was going on with his brother. And then when his brother passed, it kind of fell onto him full force. Um, so as far as how they're doing it, uh, I really couldn't explain the technology. The fact that they are doing it is, there's no question mm -hmm. with and I've now met another radio host um, who actually was on many years ago, a decade ago, uh, early deprogramming. And I reconnected with him, been on a couple of times. 
and he's having this happen. He, he doesn't even do video anymore. He just does podcasts. He says he has scars from, uh, it's transferring back to his physical body. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just doesn't, I mean, he just can't even comprehend what, what is really taking place and how this has been happening. He says it's not happening as much anymore, but he went through a period where literally, um, he'd wake up on the floor next to the bed, face down, blood all over, you know, his nose all busted up. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, there's crazy stuff. Now this other guy isn't having that happen. He's having, um, he's having physical reactions, mainly in the erection, um, that kind of thing, but oh. he's not getting beat up or, or any of this. It seems to be very, very much sexually oriented and perversions of, of, you know, normal sexual behavior. And that's a key aspect of all this is, you know, the beta programming or the sexual programming, there's the alpha beta and delta programming, but, um, but this, sex- yeah, this is, um, this is like, he's not in control of this. He's not, he's, he does have alters. Um, I believe because of his history, he does have alters. Um, he has memories of, you know, like peripheral memories of some of the things he's done. Um, but this is, uh, this is, I believe this is going on through the dark net and that, that you can subscribe to stuff like this. You pay and you can subscribe and become a participant, um, from the stories he's told. Uh, some of them seem like one timers that just are curious and then they're gone. Um, a couple of them have gotten very upset about what's taking place and left. Um, but he's got a whole barrage of uh, people that follow him. Um, he came here and visited me uh, two years ago. Uh, and we only went out in my car once. And I had somebody in a truck on my tail, you know, like way too close following us where we went. So he's not only dealing with this insane astral remote aspect, he's got physical people around him, right. sometimes waiting for him when he pulls his camper in a place, they're already there. So yeah. they know everything. There's no freedom. There's no, and yeah, that, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And like, just to, yeah, the, how they're pulling it off, like you said, who knows, but they do have these astral capabilities to come in and influence you that way. And you, it's so lucid, like you said, it affects your daily life because you actually take action on it. You're like, wow, like this is actually happening to me. And that's not to say that like a lucid dream can't be a positive experience either. I'm not like taking that away from uh, not every single thing is yeah. negative, but um I, I like that you brought up the cloning technology involved. This is something we talk about often and it's very prominent. I mean, on the world stage right now, even in politics and the political arena, uh, who's really running the show here. We have to start asking ourselves, like how much of this is like a movie that we're watching, you know, this whole, um, are these UFOs being shot down and everything. They want us to see that they're creating this narrative for us for a reason. Um, the cloning aspect of it. So whenever you have been taken, you think that's what happens. They take your consciousness and put it into a clone body or did they use your physical body and you just have missing time? I, um, I, I really didn't become aware of this again. I didn't have the tech, the, uh, terminology. I called them pulls P U L L S. And I remember going to my friend Alana and saying, I'm going through this series of things. When I hit a certain place of trying to go to sleep, I start to vibrate. I mean, extensively. Oh my God, that you have no idea how many times that's happened to me, but go ahead, continue. And well, I think this is a part of the astral 
um, the astral starting to leave. Um, and I think it can even happen in a natural state. We're just not aware. We're too far into relaxation. But uh, what would happen because of what was happening to me, I would jerk out of it sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I could feel, you know, the vibration. But now I was awake. So I'm sure there were many times that I didn't pull out and, and didn't awaken and the process took place. And this was in deep, deep programming that I began to see this. And I, I began to understand as I experienced it more consciously that this had happened in my past and I couldn't explain, you know, what was taking place. I didn't have the right terminology. So there was one particular very lucid experience where I was pulled. And the reason I went to her, I mean, this is pre Ron Allen, pre understanding any of this. I went to my friend and I said, okay, here's the deal. My body's in bed. If anybody comes in the room, my body's still in bed. It looks like I'm sleeping, but I've been pulled out of my body. And I said, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's my astral. I don't know what it is. I'm pulled out, but I'm not having an otherworldly astral experience in the super sensible world. I'm in a facility in a body and I'm interacting and they're interacting with me. They can see me. They're, they're physical people seeing me and we're interacting and there's things taking place. And when I, when I said this to her, she sent me an article from an Australian woman, um, and I can forward that to you. Uh, this was in the mid-90s. Uh, her name was Deva. I forget her last name. Um, and a group of, I believe they were Christian scientists, went in to study her. She was in multiple personality. And um, this was taking place with her. And they didn't know how to classify it, but they studied her for quite a long time and they would interact with her before they would sit there and watch her sitting in the chair at night, you know, asleep. And she'd come back from the facility with more altars that they had already integrated. So they did this study and they wrote this paper and even had a diagram and they were involving the soul and the spirit and how this was working through technology. We believe she was being pulled to Pine Gap. and. Um, so this was the mid nineties that these guys wrote this paper right. um, and it's evolved even more now. So in my case, I didn't have the language, but I knew it wasn't just my astral body working in the super sensible realm. I knew I was in a physical body. Um, and then I realized that that had happened when I started to understand it, that had happened in my past once or twice yeah. um, where I was um, being utilized in a body but there was no way I could have physically been in that location. It happened at night. Yes. Um, so it started to make sense. And now with Ron's story, he's one of the few that's come out. Um, and I'd like to encourage more and more men to start talking about their mind control experiences because it's really dominated by us women right now. And it's important. It's important for the whole consciousness that the men start coming forward. I can't really explain why, but I know that this is the time it's going to help change things if men start talking. So I encourage you, Tyler, to talk about your experiences. So I thought they were pulls. Um, they don't. Uh, they don't happen anymore. I'm having astral experiences, and some of them, I'm definitely in control of where I'm going and what I'm doing in my astral experiences. So part of that taking back my soul forces is providing the sovereignty that even in the astral, I can determine if this is me or if somebody's trying to mess with me. Mm -hmm. um, so it can be done. It can be done. But 
I, I don't want to make it sound like if someone can't get out that they should get out because there are so many variables and the technologies are not fully understood. But I do recommend a lot of Freeland's book if you haven't come across it yet. If you want to understand this stuff, um, her latest book, she has three in a series, but her latest one is Geoengineered Transhumanism. And then there's a subtitle and she will provide you with the facts. And I mean, the book is like this thick. It's it's loaded with information. If people really want to start trying to understand um, where this started, where it's gotten to, as far as what we can document, you know, and that's like this patent list. Um, I will happily send this to you. You can link it to the show for people to get in there and understand this is not supposition. This is not some conspiracy theory. You know, this is, this is real, real stuff. It's real. And this, and this is their biggest secret. That's why the people are targeted when they do start talking about this stuff, because like once that world is exposed, there's no way to maintain that uh, secrecy anymore. So that's like end game for them. So that it, it all costs. They have to make us look as loony as possible and discredit it and send in people who are, you know, giving bad intel and like confusing the hell out of everyone. It's uh, some crazy times. Like we're at the precipice of this war right now. And it's the, the planet is at stake. You know, there are these controllers, whatever's going on behind the scenes, we don't actually know. But we know all I know is that we need to play our part. Like you said, mm-hmm. step into your sovereignty, stand up, figure out who you are. If you know who you are, then that's that's the best thing that you can do. Like being self-aware. I say this all the time, but um, if you're not self-aware, what are you? you you're a slave. You're a minion for them. And they rely on your obedience. So Yeah, so you get the information. And I, and I want to caution because there's another side to this, which I unfortunately became aware of recently. And it was a painful experience and I'm okay with it now. And forward we go. But I realized um, getting the information is only part of the process. Um, And I even see there's a voyeuristic aspect. I've had a lot of people that are very voyeuristic as far as my story, rather than taking that and having, having it affect their consciousness and their choices and their actions in life. In other words, here's the way I look at it. There's an information awareness and there's a consciousness awakening. Those are not the same thing. And we're not in the consciousness awakening yet. We're in the information awakening. On a grand scale. Yeah. yeah, Until it changes you. And I'm talking changes everything. Okay. The bottom feels like it drops out of your world because everything you thought you know is wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there's a whole other world that you're existing in that terrifies you. That's when the consciousness shift opportunity takes place. But there's a, you know, there. More and more information alone won't do it. We've been on that path for a while. And if I dare say, that even works to the benefit of the programmers. Absolutely. You get information overload or you become voyeuristic. It becomes a form of entertainment. Look at what's happening to Ron Allen. People are paying to watch him be controlled and a slave. You know, so there's an aspect of our consciousness that is so far dark right now or completely disengaged. You know, our wills are disengaged. We basically get up. I mean, in the general populace, we get up every day and we do this and we do this and we do this and we do this. Then we go to bed. We get up the next day and we do this and we do this. That's not a will. There's no will there. You're just following their program, their, their what they're offering. 
to engage your will, you actually start to step outside, right? Of that whole thing. And you start to see that thing and it looks like a big monster. I mean, it's horrible, right? But if you continue forward with that, if you take action, if you take responsibility for your role in this world, whatever that may be, that changes. And there will be things that will open up to you that you never even imagined. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not like we think it's not about vacations and houses and cars and, and beautiful women and beautiful men. That's not what it's about, you know? And so there's, I want to encourage people that it's going to be difficult for a true consciousness shift. It will be tremendously difficult in the beginning. It will be the, probably the hardest thing you'll ever do because everything has to basically fall away and crumble. And I've gone through it. I have one friend, she's now passed. I watched her go through it, which was such a blessing and an honor to watch someone completely transform before she passed. Um, But, you know, I just, it's important to understand those differences. The information is a help and it's very important that we educate ourselves, but we have to engage our heart in this and our souls and spirit, um, you know, for anything to really change. Uh, going yeah. forward. Yes. I mean, yes, you, you nailed that. And that's nailed the it. most important thing I've heard anybody say in a long time, <laughs> uh, because that's what happens. And like, we have the opportunity to expand our consciousness and grow from there. But everything in the infrastructure, everything in life and society is in place as a distraction to pull you away from that. And if you're not careful, you can subconsciously choose that lower timeline and allow those distractions to consume you. And pull you down a path that you know you don't really have any control of so it's really difficult to break free from that because everything in your life falls away like friends family um everything that you, your job everything that you were once attached to your identity was attached to can no longer doesn't fit anymore no matter how bad you try and make it fit because some, sometimes right. sometimes we think we're going crazy and we want to like maybe i should go hang out with those old friends or maybe i'll do something and you try and fit back in but it doesn't work there's no turning back you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube and it's only moving forward so you might as well take it serious and start doing something about it and start making those daily changes and it's a struggle for everyone including myself because uh, we're programmed and we want to fall back into those toxic behaviors and those habits sometimes because that's all we know and you literally have to rewire yourself like at a dna level and make these practices like your new baseline. And this is where we're at. And it's not easy. It's not meant to be easy. You know, there's a reason they put this much effort into controlling us mm-hmm. and suppressing us. So it was never supposed to be easy. But when you go on that path, an entire new world opens up for you, like you said. And new opportunities and things that you think are impossible become possible. And it doesn't become a it's not about the superficial materialistic world anymore. And like even abundance and and money, like all that stuff, you just have a different viewpoint and plays a different role in your life. Well, I see this pattern coming out. I see several patterns, the blending of everything, like I was talking about earlier, the conditioning, the mind control, the targeting, that's getting all blended together. And we need to re-separate that so that people really, truly understand it. And I see this thing of mass awakening. I've, I've actually been asked this question. There's a mass consciousness awakening. No, there's not. Consciousness awakening is individual. Mass awakening is information. Okay, so yeah, a whole lot of people are starting to look at things and ask questions, but that's not a consciousness shift. The consciousness shift will happen with the individual first, like you're talking about. You'll become the outcast. 
So in some way, shape, or form, you will be outside of it. Mm-hmm. It'll be individual. But get taught. There's a whole bunch of individuals who can do this. Eventually, it will unify. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I hear this. I've heard this so much with the, the situation the last few years. And I've heard this consciousness mass awakening. It doesn't happen like that. It does not. That's a behavior change. It's like the monkey thing where they said, you know, a hundred monkeys do this and then it changes over on the other island. Mm-hmm. That's a behavior change. That's not a consciousness awakening. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, humans can do that too, right? Um, so we're a long way from the consciousness shifts. But and the opportunity has opened up and presented. Opportunity itself. is here. It is yeah. here. It's always been here, but it's really here now. And we're going to see we're going to see a split. Mm-hmm. We're already starting to see the signs. There are those that are going to say, no, I'm going to, I'm going to trust what I've always trusted. I'm going to stay with it. Fine. Mm-hmm. Go that way. But then there's going to be those that are going to choose to start making some changes that are going to start to, to truly move towards that awakening. So I don't get me wrong. I have tremendous faith. Um, I'm a Rudolf Steiner uh, student and I know where I'm headed. I know where a bunch of people are headed. And I know where some other people are headed. Um, but we also have more incarnations to come. So seeds are being planted. Um, they'll take that to the super sensible world and they'll reincarnate a thousand years from now or whatever and get the opportunity again. We have several more of these that uh, before we get to a point where the split will happen. Mm-hmm. And I, that's I've what that, yeah. these forces uh and they're referred to uh, in Steiner language as Lucifer, Ariman, and the Asuras. And I know all of them <laughs> personally, um, part of my programming. Um, a lot of these were things that I inter, these beings were things I interacted with in the astral under total mind control to program me and to reinforce my programming. And that became very clear to me who they were in deep, deep programming because they were coming at me 24 seven, you know, mm-hmm. to try to keep me under. Um, but these things are real and those forces are working against humanity. They're inimical to humanity. They always have been. Okay. The Luciferic, the Arimonic, we can bring back into balance through what I call what Steiner calls the Christ impulse. And I'm not a religious person. I'm not an exoteric Christian. I'm an esoteric Christian, very different thing. Um, but it's about balancing those energies, but the Asuras, there's no balance there. We are now in a time where the Asuras are more prevalent in our realm here on Earth, in our environment, in our interactions. And there's no uh, redemption with that. Okay. The, the Luciferic, the Arimonic just needs to be brought into balance. That's right. part of our system. Um, and that exactly. is through the middle way, the Christ impulse. But the Asuras that we're dealing with now, no, it's just black. Okay, and if they gain more and more hold, there's no pulling out of that. There's no correcting that like with the others. So we're up against and this is what I see. You know, I have um, programming. And when I saw the the thing come out three years ago, I knew exactly what I was looking at. This is the next level of what I call end time programming. And a lot of older MK ultras, I don't know about newer ones, but I had end time programming. A lot of us did. It's the time when, to to kind of narrow it, just generalize it, it's the time when it goes global. Mm-hmm. Right. When it yeah, goes and global. And we saw that with Antifa. We saw that with Black Lives Matter. I mean, what the insanity that broke out there. 
to me was definite mind control. Oh, 100%. Um, and, and, and it's done okay. via nanotechnologies, chemtrails. Absolutely. The and we're all loaded with it. We are right. all walking antennas. So, you know, you can work on getting it out, but you're breathing it, eating it 24-7. Okay. You're not going to filter it. Okay. And you're not going to juice it out. I don't care how much, you know, carrot juice you drink. It's not coming out. You've got to find new ways. And that's what we're on the front line with. But we're all loaded with it, whether you're aware of it or not. It's, doesn't matter. Right. And it's uh, like a, you can take action and do things to uh, lessen, lessen the effects of it. So it's not completely taking control over you. Mm -hmm. And don't like stop juicing or do whatever it is you're doing, because that might be helping keep it at a manageable level, regardless of, you know, what you might well, think. think I think we have to go farther than that, though. That's I guess that's what I'm saying. Um, there's a do you know Tony Pantoloresco? Tony Pantoloresco. No, I don't even know what you just said. So he's he's a he's a sufferer and has been for years. And the guy is brilliant. He was an herbalist, and he is making all kinds of things. And he is helping literally thousands of people get this shit out of their body as much as possible. But it's not the old way of doing it. And yes, you're right. Get proper sleep, exercise, eat right. Those are always important things. We're still physical beings, but we're on a whole new level of what's attacking us. And the nanotech is the nanotech is physical, mechanical, and it's sentience. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's a sentience to this. We're not dealing with we're we're dealing with things that cross two domains of life. That's a man-made thing intended to mess with us. And there's a sentience to some of these things. Um, I've been dealing with it. I've pulled all kinds of things out of my body. Um, and I just ordered something from Tony called an anti-nano triangle. You can make, he'll tell you how to make it yourself, or you can order one and he'll charge you a fortune for it. Um, but you, I mean, this actually is proven being utilized and recording what's coming out of people's body. And I remember several years ago, I saw a video of this and there was a woman uh, using it in the bathtub, believe it or not. And uh, she literally had clusters of burnt, blackened stuff coming out. It had fried it. Mm -hmm. um, so there are new ways. There's there's copper sulfate, which I'm I take a big believer um, in that. Um, there's a there's a number of things you can take detox baths. He tells you how to mix it and you get in nice hot water and soak it. And you'll see stuff in your tub. You'll see quantum dots and fibers and all kinds of things. Right. The mm -hmm. point is we're. We're, we're taking it in constantly. Yes. So it's a, a continuous thing that we have to do. Boron's a big thing. Yeah, um, boron, well, that's good for the parasite cleanse, the parasite end of this. And that's mm -hmm. another aspect is the parasites that are consuming and taking over. Um, are we always, you know, we're always recommending parasite cleanses. You know, I do them frequently. Well, and then there's the organic, what we're used to parasites, but now we have synthetic parasites. Exactly. So we have a combination of the old kind and the, the now the man-made kind, which right. is intended to not come out of the body. See, I think what they've gotten to is they got to the place of um, looking for something that we don't know how to get out until we start all working together, which is what's happening. And people like Tony have come up with ways. He's a real character, but he's, he's brilliant. Right. He's brilliant. He's suffering himself and he's figuring out and he knows how to make all these things and test all these things. And then he can talk about what the results are, not only with him, but with other people. Very mm -hmm. important right now. 
Yeah. Because we are walking antennas. Right. And it's like the parasitic consciousness, vampiric consciousness. I also think the more healed you are, the less susceptible you are to these things as well. So it's all about, you know, you got to do the inner work. You got to heal. You got to get away from as much of the mind control and propaganda and mainstream everything as possible because that's just continually feeding into that and keeping you locked in and you might have to break off some relationships you might have to you know whatever you need to do and then you also need to do the inner work um instead of just avoiding your shit like a lot of people do yeah and that's that well that's what happens when you avoid it you're pointing fingers and you're constantly perpetuating that victimhood mentality and that doesn't get you anywhere and then eventually you become exactly what you're fighting yep and yeah so um i mean we could go on and on this is a never-ending topic and uh i didn't even get into half of this stuff but for the sake of time um we'll we'll go ahead and start wrapping this up unless there's anything else you feel you want to share uh if not can you please let people know how they can find your book and anything else that you would like to share the old books are have been pulled so they're, they're not available unless somebody's reselling them so if you put in our life beyond mkultra then and now um, it should come up on logosophiabooks.com. A uh, really nice couple out of New- North Carolina that asked to publish it this time. And I've got tremendous updates. I've put both books in one and I've added a lot of updates, including what is going on currently, as well as my own personal updates of my more understanding. And thanks to the publisher, I was able to put all the collage, 36, I think it is, in in color. And I've gotten such um, wonderful feedback about that, especially for other victims that they look at them and all kinds of things happen and start to show up. Um, These collages were put together with my altars. This was not something I myself did. Um, I spent a lot of time, uh, collected literally thousands of pieces. um, And in the collection, I didn't even understand what I was collecting. I didn't. I don't know why I was cutting things out. And these things came together incredibly. Uh, I, I recommend that for people to do that process. Collaging can be a tremendous help. Um, and even over the years, when I would go back and look at them, um, not so much anymore, but I would look at them and I would actually discover things as I got clearer and clearer that were in my collage. So, um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's pertinent to what's happening. Uh, you may not be an MKUltra, you know, mind controlled slave, but it reflects on what is happening and how I started deprogramming and, and the tools I used. And I think that that pertains to even what's happening now. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you so thank much you. for, you know, sharing everything. It's one thing to experience this, but to write a book and start talking about this, you know, it takes courage and it's not easy because people yeah. don't believe you. So we understand that, um, you know, we receive ridicule just for having guests on, you know, because people, some people mm-hmm. just can't wrap their head around it and they just want to call BS without doing any research or understanding it. So I know it's not easy to do what you're doing. So we appreciate yeah, that. Thank you so yeah. much for doing And again, it. I highly recommend it was written years ago, Walter Bowart's Operation Mind Control. There's a researcher's edition that is over 800 pages. They've also put out another edition that's 200 and some. I recommend the 800. You can find it online for free. It's in yeah. the archive. That's incredible. Yeah. I, I think that's a good base for a lot of people to really get to understand the differences of what's what's taking place. And I'll I'll tell you about Ron. I think you might want to talk to him. Yeah, um, I wrote his name down. So definitely. Great. Yeah, definitely. Um, and a lot of series is 
there's nobody else that's done the work she's done. And there's three books, but this last one is a must for our times to really understand what's happening and, and the technologies at work. Well, that's great. That's awesome. great. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, this was you. incredible. Thank you guys for tuning in. We love you all. We'd love to see you guys all out at our conference in May. If you feel compelled, if not, uh, grab a live stream. If not, no big deal. Uh, just keep enjoying the show. But we appreciate your support, your feedback. We couldn't do it without you. We love you guys. And until next time, have a great evening. Good night. Good night, guys. There was a CIA director named William Colby, who in the 1980s said, we'll know our disinformation campaigns are successful when everything the American people believe is fake. When we realize how powerful we are when we set our intentions and we realize that we aren't just this, we are just these multi-dimensional light beings and time is an illusion and you know, it's everything's a perception then you can go forward and backwards and, and embody it and just pop out and go and do this work. You can do amazing things when we set the right intentions to do it. And I said, this is this is us on this plane. You know, like this, that's what this is, we're going to the moon. And he said, this thing is a lot older than you think it is. And we've been going to the moon a long time. But I wrote on it, I knew that we went to the moon. And so I always knew there was a base on the moon from a young age. And our DNA is a complex, recording system of the history of the entire universe the history you know of, of everything that not just this timeline that we know but multiple timelines of reality there are a total of nine different categories of planets on, in the universe uh, we people on earth we are living on a category one planet like elementary school students and the theobans they are living on a category nine planet like uh, college professors so they have been really guiding us throughout history. Teokum let us know that this facility under the Sandia Mountain is considered an information station for interstellar travelers coming to the planet. They tell us that their facility was retrofitted into the ancient tunnel system that already existed. And as far as the bending the space-time continuum, I've had something like that happen. And what seemed like about a five minute encounter has been four and a half hours of missing time. And I was completely conscious. And when you're dealing with a type three, type four, type five civilizations that can work with the different coexisting timelines, all bets are off, man. <laughs> you know, every time we have Bigfoot activity out there, we're having ETs and orbs and stuff like that. We have a lot of this stuff documented. As a matter of fact, um, I'm a member of three different teams and I work with people from all over the country out in the field. And um, we actually have documented a portal, something that we consider to be a portal um, opening. And we sent two of our team members inside of it. And really? disappeared and then came back out. I would suggest that we take it one step further and say humanity has never known who we are. We've always been in the thought control matrix. And one step further, perhaps we could say that we're in a conscious, consciously controlled state of hypnosis. In other words, are the thought control matrix creators constantly bombarding us with frequencies that keep us from being telepathic, that keep us from remembering who we are? The thought control matrix was set up and we have never known our potential, our power, our yeah. beauty, 
our, our, our incredible connection. It makes no sense at all. There is no reason for it other than the programming that we've received for generations because it's all about order. It's all about listen to, listen to your elders, listen to the teachers, listen to the adults, listen, listen, listen. And what that does is it, it, it dims the light of the child and it makes them feel like they don't have a voice. And why that's designed that way by the dark side and that's in the system is so that they grow up and they just listen to and they do what they're told and they're good little boys and good little girls and they lose their sense of self. They lose their north, their true north. Yeah. So many adults are walking around in, the, in this world. They don't know who they are. So the planet itself is now beginning to split. It's beginning to divide again into a higher vibrational earth and a lower vibrational earth. And the race of man is dividing with it. And we're becoming less and less aware of one another. And over time, what will happen, and I don't know how long this will be, one world will have all higher vibrational beings on it, and the other one will all be third dimensional beings, and we will not perceive each other anymore.